Again, the Ramam over here is giving us the fundamental building blocks and principles of the wonders of creation so we can develop an appreciation for Hashem's greatness to generate and fulfill the mitzvahs of loving Hashem and the mitzvahs of fearing Hashem. These four bodies that are fire, wind, water, and earth. They are the fundamental building blocks of all of creations. That exist below the sky. In other words, everywhere on earth below the spheres. Whatever exists from man or from animal, or a bird, or a creepy crawling creature, a dog, or fish, or vegetation, metal, or stones, precious stones, or anything else which is build, build, uh, stones meant for building. The harbor mountains of Gushi offer or clumps of earth. Their matter is comprised of these four fundamental building blocks of the universe wind, earth, fire, and water. It comes out that everything that exists, all, all, all objects, all bodies that exist under, this, under, under the sky, with the exception of these four fundamentals, comprise of matter and spiritual energy, literally means form. Again, over here doesn't refer to physical form, but it refers to their, the nature, the energy of the object. The Gaidlam Shalahem and their matter, is comprised of some combination of these four fundamentals. I say this. However, these four fundamental building blocks of the universe are exceptions. They don't comprise of all four. Each one only is its particular fund, fund, uh, fundamental element, whichever one of the four it is. And they comprise of. It's that, that that particular matter, and the spiritual energy of that one of the four building blocks, not of all four. So the four fundamentals, each one of them is only its own energy. As they combine, they create all the various forms. So they 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 they, they are the ingredients for the various forms in, and the various objects in creation. Halacha base: is the tendency of a, fire and wind to. Uh, travel to go mimata from below from the center of the earth upward towards the sky meaning you have the spheres in the very center of them is the earth so the center of the earth is the center of the universe it is the nature of the first two fundamental elements fire and wind to naturally move if there's no, no interference from the center which is the lowest part because wherever you are in the sky you're above it Towards the sky, which is going higher, all the way towards the most outer extremities of the universe. Derech it's the nature of the other two fundamental elements of water and earth. to be going from wherever they are under the sky. In other words, anywhere within the ninth sphere. Lamata to go lower. Ad the emsa to go to lower and lower till the point of the center of the universe, which is the center of the earth. Because the center, the, the middle of the sky, is the lowest part, which nothing is lower than it. Again, since the spheres are round, so wherever you are, when you're traveling lower, you're going towards the center. They're traveling, they're going, tendency to go is not with their understanding or, or interests. It's a nature which is established in them by the Creator. It's the conduct, the nature that has been embedded in them, naturally. 
It's the nature of fire to be warm and dry. It's the lightest of all of them, and it's above all of them. It's the nature of wind to be warm and moist. Water is cold and moist. And earth is dry and cold. It's lowest, it's the heaviest of them all. And water is lighter than earth. So earth is the heaviest. Water is the second heaviest. It's lighter than earth. Water is above the earth. Of course, you have the uh, center of the earth is made of earth. And then above that, you have the water, which is above the ocean bed. Wind is lighter than water. Therefore, the water hovers above excuse me merachif the water hovers above the, the excuse me the wind hovers above the water the ish and fire is lighter than wind because these four fundamental elements form the building blocks of all objects that exist in the world under the sky under the spheres comes out every object every body whether it's a person or animal, the chay of the oif, animal or, uh, excuse me, adam of the of the chay of the oif, whether it's a person or a domesticated animal, a wild animal or a bird, the dog or a fish, the vegetation, mateches, metal, the evan, stone. So, gome, mechuber, me'eish, offer. All these things, whatever they may be, their matter, their physical form, comprises of some, some composite of these four elements. Based on the, the way these four elements mix together, combine together, they change based on that combination. So the four elements themselves, when they combine with each other, they themselves change. So the way they are as they combine to create, a, create something in the universe is totally dissimilar, totally different than the way they are alone. And in this mixture, you, you don't have even one aspect of it, uh, of the fire, for example, that's in a, in a table or in a chair or in, or in a piece of food, the way fire is by itself, as a fundamental element. Or water as it is by itself in its purity. Or earth by itself in its purity. Or wind by itself in its purity. It all changes completely and becomes a completely new identity and becomes one singular object which is, which is different. So if you take a cucumber and you break it down, you're not going to see in it actual wind or actual earth or water or fire. It's, a, it's completely different they are completely different when they come together. Every object or body which is comprised of these four, you have in it it's in the, the tendencies of coldness, warmth, moist, or, or, or dryness as one. But the, uh, the uh, nature, the, 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 um, but the recipe and the, uh, the, the final product are different based on each individual creation, each, each individual object. And, and the composite is different. And therefore, the final product is different. You have some objects that are, have a stronger representation of fire. For example, warm-blooded creatures. You have more warmth in them than you have in other objects. 
uh, animal, living things, produce, generate their own natural heat. Some of them are more fundamentally represented by the element of earth, like stones, for example. There's tremendous dryness in them. There's no natural moisture in them. Hence the term water from Iraq, right? Some of them are more uh, fundamentally have a, have a stronger element uh, of the ingredients of the fundamental element of water. Therefore, they are naturally very moist. <coughs> You have some things which both have some element of fire and therefore have their own natural heat, but some are warmer than the others. For example, cold-blooded mammals or, or, or amphibians versus uh, people, <coughs> as far as I understand. You have two different things, for example, two different, different kinds of uh, rocks. One of them has more dryness than the other. Some bodies, all you see is coldness. Go from some some body some objects all you see is moist moisture. Then you have bodies you and then you find coldness and dryness together as one, or you have coldness and moisture together as one at the same time. Of course, that would, that would represent that they have fund, fundamentally a more of a representation of of water. Water is cold and moist. Or the heat and dryness together as one, like fire. Or warmth and, and moisture together as one. So then you're, there again you have uh, the idea of wind. Because based on the principal, primary, fundamental element that's in this object, based on its, on its recipe, on its composite, Based on that, you'll discern and be able to see the influence of that particular one of the four fundamental elements in that object. So every object has some mixture of these four fundamental elements, and based on the the uh, uh, the recipe, which one of the four elements is more than the other, that will determine the nature of the object of the creation. Everything that's comprised of these four fundamental elements, who eventually will decompose. Some will decompose after a short period of time. Some will decompose after many years. Everything which is comprised, which is composite of them, it's impossible that it will not eventually uh, decompose back to its original four elements. Even gold. These are things which last for a long time, obviously. Not like uh, food, for example, which quickly decomposes. Eventually, it's impossible that it will not decompose and return to its original four elements. Part of it returns back to the original fire. Part of it back to the original water. Part back to the original wind. Part back to the original earth. Since everything which eventually decomposes and goes back to these four elements, fundamental elements, why does it say in the Pasuk, regarding people, it will, they will return to the dust when they pass away? They will return to all four elements, not just Oretz. So the Ramam answers, because the majority of a person's physical body comes from the earth. 
But the truth is, it also decomposes eventually and it returns to the other three elements as well. Not everything which she composes to the eye eventually, uh, um, to, to the eye, immediately returns to the four fundamental elements. Rather, it decomposes and it returns the um, something else, for example, bread, which you know decomposes and becomes mold, doesn't immediately become the four elements. The then into something else, the davracher into another another state of being. And in the end, what happens is the bottom line is Yasli you say this, it comes back to the original four elements eventually after all these stages of decomposing and changing. Nimtu comes out called everything eventually is always returning in a cycle to the fundamental building blocks of creation. Halacha hey. Arbi say this these four fundamental elements, Mishtanim Zelazet, change one into the other, Tamad constantly, Bechoyum of every moment, every day. Mikhtasan Malay Kogufan, only part of them, not not the not in in entirety. Ketzat how so? Nikasa Arts Kravam in a Mayan part of the earth which is closest to the water, the seashore, Mishtanas Mispredas, it changes and it dissolves, decomposes, Vinasis Mayan becomes part of the water. Chemikas Hamayan Masmukham Ruach, part of the water which is closest to the wind, the surface of the water, Mishtan and it changes and Mismasman and it evaporates, becomes uh, wind. The closest part, the top of the of the atmosphere, which is close to the element of fire, which is under, under the moon, as we said. It changes and it, uh, it uh, decomposes. Some people translate this as it goes through metamorphosis and it becomes fire. Now we go back the other direction, the same way. We went from earth all the way up to fire. Now we go from fire back down to earth. The chain ho'esh similarly fire. Mektasa samal cheruach, the part which is close to the wind, lower the lowest part which is closest to the heart, top of the atmosphere. Mischel it uh, decomposes, it changes, dissolves. Mishtana miskanes nasaruach, it contracts and becomes wind. The chain ho'ruach as mektasa samal the wind, the part which is close to the water by the surface. Mishtana miskasas nasamayim, it changes and dissolves and it contracts, it becomes water. It's the water, the part which is closest to the earth, but the seashore, Mishtani, it changes and it contracts and it becomes earth. This change is very gradual over a long period of time. It will never happen that an entire one of the four elements will change to the point that, for example, all of water will change into wind and there will be no more, no, no more element of water. Or all of the element of wind will transform into fire. Because it's impossible that one of the four fundamental, fundamental elements will become totally lost. It's impossible. Hashem created them to be the building blocks of the universe. They must all exist eternally. It's only a part of the fire which transforms into wind. And only part of the wind transforms to fire. Similarly, between each one of the four elements and its fellow, you'll find a change amongst these four, partially. This process continues forever, part of them changing into, into, into the other, going back and forth. But again, never will you have one of the four elements that totally changes into one of the other three. Halachavav. 
If Vishnu is this change, this cycle, happens because of the revolution of the most external sphere of the universe. Based on its rotation, because of that, that causes these four to mix together as we described. And that causes the forming of all types of objects that exist. For example, the body of people, and the uh, living animals, temach, vegetation, stones, metal. Hashem gives every single object, every single uh, uh, thing that exists, every body, the appropriate energy, the appropriate form. Based on the tenth lowest malach, that is the lowest malach, which is called ishim, as we said. In other words, apparently, it's the lowest level of malach called ishim, which is its job is is to determine each energy, each tzuder for each creation. But it does it uses the revolution of the most external sphere as the tool via which it actually imparts the appropriate matter composite of the four elements to match that particular tzuder, that particular energy of the object of the creation. You will never see a physical body without a form, a spiritual energy. Again, surah here does not refer to the physical shape. It refers to the spiritual nature of the object. You'll never see a spiritual form without a, a, a concrete body of matter. Because physical people can only see objects that have both together at the same time. With our eyes. Elev Adam is the heart of the person. It's the person who's able to differentiate and, and in his mind uh, the concept of the physical form of the object from its spiritual energy. And you can comprehend and appreciate uh, in abstract intelligence that this physical object also has a spiritual energy that makes it different than a different physical object. And you can appreciate that there are physical forms whose matter comprises of the four fundamental elements. And there are bodies which have simplistic matter. They only comprise of one of the four fundamental elements, namely the four fundamental elements, of course. Each one of them only comprises of its own self, fire, earth, wind, or water. Whereas all of the creations have a composite of the four. The spiritual energies which have no matter cannot be seen by the physical eye. For example, Malachim. Malachim have a spiritual energy but no physical form. They are known, so to speak, with the eye of the heart. In other words, with the mind. As we know, Hashem, the master of all, without seeing him, but we understand he exists, so too we cannot see Malachim. We can, however, understand that they exist. Alternatively, when the Rambam says the gufim shegomam pashut, the ene mechuberak mgilam echad, there are forms that have no matter. Excuse me, there are forms that uh, that have, are, are of simple matter, and own, and are not composite of the four fundamental elements. They're just one type. They may the Rambam could be referring to the not to the four fundamental elements, but rather to stars and planets. Now that the Rambam described creation in general, he's going to go now on to describe uh, human beings in particular. The soul of every of all flesh, that is its form, its spiritual nature and energy. 
that Hashem has given to it. So every object has a neshama, a soul, so to speak, that's its spiritual energy besides its physical matter. When it comes to people, the unique intelligence that is given to a person, that is the unique spiritual energy of a person, provided that he is whole in his intelligence. So in other words, if a person has mental illness, or some other uh, disability which doesn't let, let him think completely and, 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 uh, and holy, W-H-O-L-Y, uh, then that person is lacking this tzura. Otherwise, people have this, uh, people do, Baruch Hashem, have this, this, uh, this, this energy, this, in, this unique intelligence which makes human beings different than everything else in the universe, in the physical world. Regarding this energy, this form, the Torah says, Let's make a man in our form, in our image. Not the physical image, but the unique energy. Clearly, to say, he should have a unique form or energy, which allows him to have comprehension and intelligence. Uh, to be able to intel- to to, uh, to perceive things and or be aware of abstract things which have no matter. Like um, being able to perceive malach that being an energy without a, without a, without matter. To the point that he can become similar to them. So what's unique about a person is that he has unique intelligence and the ability to differentiate physical objects from abstract concepts. Similar to Malachim. We're not referring to the form which can be seen with the physical eye. Which is the mouth and the nose. So the cheeks. Which are for any other uh, shape of the body. That refers to Toya, which means appearance. This not, so, so this idea of tzura by a person, which is his unique spiritual energy, is not his physical shape, nor is it the type of life force which you find in other living things, other mammals, other, other animals, so to speak. By which of the animal is different than a stone or a plant in the sense that it eats, drinks, procreates, is aware, has emotions, it can even think to some degree and plan how to catch food, for example, El Hadas, rather it is the intelligence, the energy of the soul, it is that unique uh, uh, energy and form of the soul, which the Pasuk speaks of when it says, let's make a man in our image. So that's the unique image of a human being, the ability to have abstract intelligence, or what some would call metacognition, to think about thinking. Many times, it's called in various sources, the nefesh or the ruach, the soul of the spirit, different terms for the for the soul. Therefore, you must be very careful with their names. The person should not make the mistake regarding them, and think that when it says nefesh, for example, it refers to the fact that a person is just Homo sapien, an animal which has some level of higher intelligence. It's actually a whole other story. Each and every name reveals its characteristics. Now, the Ramam in general over here may be using Nefesh, Ruach, and Nesham, as we'll see, very, very differently from the way we're familiar with it from Chassidus. This energy of the soul is not comprised of the four fundamental elements, Kadeshi, Pardlehem, to the point that you would say that it has to decompose back to them. Nor is it from the Neshama, again, in this context, Neshama refers to the very basic life force, what you may call sometimes Nefesh Bahamas, agitates Shikhan the Shama to the point that the uh, uh, the, the um, Shama needs excuse me, that the uh, Nefesh, the uh, the uh, unique life force of the person 
so to speak, needs the the survival survival instincts, the survival soul, the nefesh Muhammad, which you're calling here neshama, in order to have some place in in the universe. Like the neshama, again in this context, referring to the animal soul, the survival soul, the survival instinct needs the body. So you can't have energy of a, for example, an animal. There can't be any any an energy of a dog without a physical body of a dog to to be a body for that energy to 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 to, to hold that energy. Um, this by a person, there's some truth to that as well regarding the survival neshama, the animal soul, which we're calling over here neshama. So this Surah Sanefesh is not like that. This Surah Sanefesh is from Hashem, from Shemayim. What we may call the, the Nefesh kiss. So again, the Ramam over here is using the word Neshama to describe what many of us are familiarly, familiar to be termed the Nefesh Bahamas. And he's using the term Surah Sanefesh to, to describe what we're, what we're familiar to call the Nefesh kiss, or perhaps the Nefesh HaSichlis, depending on whether you're talking about a Yid or a non-Yid. When the physical body decomposes, I say this, being comprised of the four elements, and the neshama, the animal soul, which whole purpose is just to give energy and form to this body, since it only exists with a physical body, and therefore when the body ceases to be, this animal soul, this what we're calling neshama, also ceases to be, because it requires the body in all of its deeds, to, 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 in order to exist, this unique image of a man, what we usually call the godly soul, does not become lost when the body ceases to exist. The, 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 the godly soul does not require the neshama, the animal soul, with all of its, all of its uh, matters and deeds. This neshama, this soul, has the, the godly soul, knows and comprehends the abstract concepts, those which are independent from any kind of matter. Like, for example, the malachim. So an ashama without a soul that's not in the body still has awareness and comprehension and can understand malachim and abstract things. And it knows about Hashem, the creator of all. It exists forever. The, neshama, the, the godly soul is eternal. This is what Shlomo HaMelech refers to in his wisdom. That the, uh, the, the dust will return to the earth like it originally was, meaning the body returns to the earth. But the spirit, the godly soul, returns back to Hashem, Hashem who placed it into the person, who gave it to the person. Now the Rambam sums up what he's described so far and talks about the importance of understanding of what we've discussed in Perik Dimal and Dalit. Everything we described so far in this topic, it's like a drop in a bucket. With the very deep. Regarding the previous prakim, the first two prakim, the Ram described that as a drop in an ocean. Here he describes it as a drop in a bucket because these, this is not just this. This is not about Hashem. It's about creation, which is to some degree more limited than an ocean. So it's more appropriate to compare it to a bucket. The concepts in Perak Gimel and Dalid are not as deep as the concepts in Perak Aleph and Beis. Ubeir calls them Hashem Perak Shishiravi. The concepts we've described in Perak Gimel and Dalid, who are Nikra Ma'aseh is called the work of creation, the wonders of creation. The Kachtiv Chum Hirishen, the Urge Chum commanded us, instructed. She'ain Dershin Gam Berat Dorm Heilu Berabim. These things in Perak Gimel and Dalid, Ma'aseh Bereishis, should also not be. 
taught publicly to whoever wants to come and sit by the, sit by the uh, lecture. It's only to one person at a time you teach him one on one and make him aware. What is the difference between the, the concepts that we described as Maisim Merkava, the works of Hashem's chariot, to what's being called over here, but that's Perak Aleph and Beis, to what we're calling over here the Inyan of Maisim the works of creation? How are they different? The works of the divine chariot, the first two prakim, even to one person who cannot teach it, unless he's on his own, someone who has you know, a sound mind and intelligence and is able to comprehend these things, but he just doesn't know the facts of exactly what the view of Torah is, but he has a mind that's able to understand abstract things in a very good way. So to him, you can teach him what are the correct ab- abstract concepts according to Torah, and what are not the correct abstract concepts going to Torah? You give him the fundamental principles, and then he can, under, uh, once he knows the fundamental principles of Torah, that the Ramam tells us in the first two Prakim, he then is able to go and expound them on his own, but he's grounded in the basic foundation of the Torah review. However, when it comes to the Maisa Bereshis, works of creation, you could teach to one individual, even though he's not necessarily on his own, someone who would understand these things or, com- or comprehend the concepts without being told. You can t- teach him whatever he's able to understand from these concepts of Maisa Bereshis to anybody who you, who you want. That's how they differ from Maisa Merkava. So if that's the case, why can't you teach it publicly? Because not every person has the ability to understand these, these concepts properly. So therefore, if you teach to someone one-on-one, even if he's not somebody on his own who would, who would comprehend these things or, or, or has that type of mind, but if you're teaching him one-on-one, there is a conversation happening where you can clearly... Uh, uh, pinpoint what he's able, he's able to understand, what he's not getting correctly, and how you can correct it. If you're talking publicly, so everyone's just listening, you're not going to be able to have a conversation with every single individual, and some people will take what you're saying and get the wrong idea and uh, misunderstand some of these things and then go in the wrong direction. When a person contemplates all these concepts, again, the Ramam here is telling us why all this is important to know. And he understands and in is cognizant of all the creations in Malach from all the angels of the goggle and the spheres of Adam and people, and he sees thereby the wisdom of Hashem, and all the forms and all of creations. He has more love to Hashem, and his soul will thirst, and his flesh will desire. To love Hashem, and besides loving Hashem, he will be in awe of Hashem because of his own lowliness and uh, insignificance. When he compares himself to one of the uh, more sublime existences, like the planets or Amalach, Cholshkin is certainly more so the Achas has a Tahiris to one of the, uh, so excuse me, so certainly when he compares himself to one of the more pure creations, such as the planets of the spheres, the Cholshkin is certainly the Achas Mirat Tahiris when he compares himself to one of the pure forms, Hanifadim Naglamim, which is divested, which is separate from any kind of matter, like a Malach, for example, in Angel, which has no uh, physical form, just spiritual energy. So he sees himself as a 
as a uh, vessel full of shame and embarrassment, lacking and empty. And therefore, being, being aware of the greatness of the universe of creation gives a person a point of reference to see how, far, how much lower he is and how insignificant he is in terms of the spectrum of existence, and certainly before Hashem. And therefore, he develops tremendous love to cleave to Hashem because Hashem is so great, and year and awe of Hashem because he's so much lower than Hashem. The concepts in these four prakim, which is, discusses these five mitzvahs, meaning the mitzvah of being aware of Hashem's existence, unifying Hashem, not considering the possibility of there being any God besides Hashem, loving Hashem and fearing Hashem. The Chum called this the orchard. As they said, there's a Gemara which discusses five, excuse me, four Chachamim who entered the orchard, so to speak, which means they entered into uh, studying and deeply delving into these concepts. And also not just understanding them intellectually, but achieving various levels that are referred to over here. Even though those four Chachamim were great sages of Israel. Excuse me. Uh, even though they were great sages and wise men of Israel, they were not able to all comprehend all these things properly in the right way. A person should not stroll in the orchard, so to speak, should not delve into these ideas discussed in the first four prakim. So don't go for a stroll in the orchard and pick all these delicious fruits, so to speak, unless you first have your basic staple of bread and meat. What does bread and meat refer to in this metaphor? Bread and meat refers to to know the basic halachas of what is forbidden and permitted, who creates a behem mitzvahs and all the other basics of the other mitzvahs. Even though these matters, basic mitzvahs, what you call the revealed parts of Torah, is called a small matter, is referred to as the small matter by the Chachamim. Because the Chachamim said, the great things, is the work of understanding spirituality and godliness. But the insignificant thing, is the conversations of the back and forth of Abaya and Rava, which means the basics of the Gemara. Nonetheless, it's appropriate to preface them first, even though they're called Dover Katan. They first make a person's mind settled and enable him to, to think appropriately. These are the, is the great goodness that Hashem bestowed to the world in order to make the world a livable place. And in order to be able to uh, um, acquire the world to come. It's possible for everyone to learn them, small and great alike, man and woman. Interesting, Ram says woman because women don't have an obligation to learn Torah, but they do have an obligation to know the basic halachas they have to fulfill. Whether you're a person who has extensive knowledge or limited knowledge, everyone can learn, this, can learn nigla, the revealed parts of Torah, and therefore the Ram says that should be the focus before going to stroll in the orchard of the, spirit, of the spiritual parts of Torah. It's crucial to point out that Ram's term uh, spiritual uh, uh, stroll in the paradise, the Tal of paradise, refers to someone who goes there just push it to get a very, very deep understanding, um, and to the point that it causes tremendous enjoyment 
So it's not just about basic knowledge, but it's about a tremendous deep comprehension and deep appreciation. That's what it means, Latava Pardis, stroll in the orchard of spirituality. But the basic understanding, the basic ABCs of understanding godliness and my sabratius, the wonders of creation, both of those are things everyone has to know on a basic level and uh, uh, in order to be able to fulfill the basic mitzvahs of lo- knowing Hashem, unifying Hashem, loving Hashem and fearing Hashem, which are the fundamental principles of the entire Torah, without which the other mitzvahs have little value. So therefore, it's crucial for every single person to have a basic understanding of these concepts. And of course, in our generations, today is hey of the Yerzah of the Arizal. The Arizal and his successors, the, the Baal Shem Tev and his Talmidim and the Rebbe's of Chabad have taught us that we have to know the basic principles over here as they're present, presented to us by the G'dayli Yisrael who, who focus and specialize in this part of Torah in our generations, in each generation, and it's a fundamental part of being a Jew and living and thinking and feeling the way a Jew is supposed to.